Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And I swear to God, Tams Whitmark is literally two ladies in an office in New York with a fax machine and a telegraph. Like, that is what it feels like. That's funny. Ah! That's the worst. Well, and for us, the, it was all on the invoice, and we said, like, we didn't get this stuff. And they were like, are you sure? And we are like, yes. Yes. Well, did you look again? Like, it's not in the goddamn box. Send us another one. This is why I, I wish, I wish we could get rid of the middleman in publishing licenses. I understand that it's a lot mm-hmm. to take care of as an author to, like, manage all your royalties and stuff. But man, I hate that Tams Whitmark and Sam French get a cut. They, just, they don't understand anything. Yeah, no, I'd much <sighs> rather just write three separate checks exactly. to Stephen Schwartz, Lin Manuel Miranda, oh, yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda, yeah, and Lin Manuel exactly. Miranda. I know. Um, and then have him send me the PDF via yeah. email, and then I'll print it out. Like Jesus Christ. Will somebody get us another drink? So, Tommy, what was what was the quiz question last? last time so which was like last week last week we're so efficient we're so watch this like we'll we'll record this now and then something catastrophic will happen and it'll be like three months before the next episode (laughs) (laughs) sorry we had to stop doing the podcast (laughs) um so at the end of last episode we had a quiz question that was the following steven sondheim has said that musical comedies aren't written they're rewritten this musical of his, arguably one of his longest writing processes, took at least 32 years of revision before Sondheim so deemed long. it worthy of his satisfaction. Mm. What musical? Mm. That was Merrily We Roll Along. Merrily We Roll Along. Everyone's favorite childhood hit. Everyone's favorite coming-of-age Benjamin Button in reverse musical. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever sing the nursery rhyme, Merrily We Roll Along? The uh, yeah, it's copyright in the United States because it's the Looney Tunes theme song. 
Is it? Yeah. That's all, folks. I just, I only, I only know. Merrily, we. I just know. I, know, I thought it was the same as Mary had a little lamb. Mm, Merrily, mm. we roll along, roll along, roll along. Is it not that? No, that's a different song. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, 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 I'll Google it. Hey, that's <laughs> our first show note. <laughs> I love um, Lenny Tunes. Yeah? Just to say, yeah. I, just, I mean, they're so good. Did you know they were originally made to sell sheet music? No. What? Yep. How stupid. Warner Brothers, before, you know, back when a music publisher ex- did just that, they published sheet music. Warner yeah. Brothers inherited or bought a whole bunch of sheet music publishers and needed to find a way to make their music popular enough to sell their music. Music, music, wow. music. And so they created Looney Tunes. Uh-huh. to sell their music and that's why bugs bunny and porky pig and daffy duck are always singing popular songs of the era in well, the animated shorts i always wonder why it was called looney tunes yeah every everything's a commercial strangely enough merrily we roll along the musical has literally nothing to do with looney tunes literally nothing <laughs> nope <laughs> so that's good isn't it we're sacred yeah. already where we're I'm gonna and now we're gonna talk about our musical and I'm gonna ride there on my Segway. Hey, hey, hey. Well done. <laughs> Yesterday is done. See the pretty countryside Merrily we roll along, roll along Bursting with dreams Traveling's the fun Flashing by the countryside Everybody merrily Merrily Catching a dreams Rolling along Rolling along Rolling along That's very good. Isn't that good, though, that Segway is a vehicle so people can use that pun <laughs> for the rest of I- time? It's true for the rest of until we get until those until the hoverboards stop burning up in people's apartments. Oh, I know they're stupid. They're the most <laughs> stupid things I've ever seen. I saw one yesterday. I don't think we had them in Scotland. Apparently, we do, and they're obscene. Merrily we roll along. Well, what what if you? How would you describe this play to someone who's never seen it before? Never seen it before. Um, At all. A retrospective jaunt through a Hollywood m- mogul's life. No, I don't know. Um, I would say. <laughs> It's it, it's about, I don't know, it's hard, isn't it? Because you don't know whether yeah. to start at the start, the right. start, or start right. at the end, the end. Well, and that's and... what, the, our our audio listeners can't see Jimmy's air quotes, but that mm. is the... the they're implied. Can, <laughs> they're Im- implied air quotes. That is the conceit of the whole thing, that it it is a story presented in backwards time. We started in 1981... And end in 1957, I think. Something like that, yeah. And we follow one guy's life, Frank Shepard, who is a composer turned producer, or backwards producer who was previously a composer. Which is interesting. I find that interesting, because I didn't think yeah. that was something that happened, but apparently it does. 
Apparently, <laughs> there's a fair few composers who have turned into producers, mm-hmm. but I would say two completely different skill sets. But no, yeah, yeah. Apparently, no, that's it's... the thing. Um, and it follows yeah. it follows him and his friends Charlie and Mary through their life backwards, kind backwards of. to find out how he got to where he got to. How did you get to be here? The recurring chorus. Yeah, and it's it's kind of it's almost a little bit like a um faustus idea yeah yeah do you know what i mean yeah um, without deliberately selling his soul to any sort of devil unless you can't gussy <laughs> as the devil which i think yeah. you could you know you could you could uh, there's a there's a thesis paper to be written there uh-huh it probably exists no it wouldn't <laughs> do you know what it's interesting because i think anytime mm-hmm. I, I sort of do some research on sondi stuff mm-hmm if it's one of his big ones, there's loads yeah. like you can find essays and essays on it. This yeah. one, not uh-huh. really is written about. Not really. I think well, here's here's my theory on that. The mm. in um uh, which which hat are we this in? This is finishing this the... one's in finishing the hat. The blue one. Um it's his you, I should, I should it's his last of that one. It's his thirteenth piece. It is. Um, it is. It's unlucky thirteenth. <laughs> it's unlucky thirteenth. Well, yeah, more on that later. Um he he talks about how he wanted to to write simpler quote unquote thirty two bar songs, and mm-hmm. he calls the characters not three dimensional but at least two and a half dimensional. And yeah, I think he's kind of right about a lot of that. A lot of this story is kind of simple. Mm-hmm. A lot of the characters have maybe one or two character traits which they fall into all the time. Yep, and as a forward story this would be a boring bland play Mm -hmm. but because of the simple conceit of doing it all backwards it suddenly becomes this wonderful interesting concept piece it does but does that mean it's good yeah do you know what i mean because that was you saying yeah to that no, I mean, I. Uh, oh, continue- is that you agreeing on the question? I'm no, agreeing we, with your question. question. Yes, it 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 does mean it's good. <laughs> um, because it, I, it's it's funny because I think mm. it's weird because Sondheim yeah. is quite de- self-deprecating because he, he yeah. said in finishing the mm-hmm. um, that the characters were not, if not exactly three dimensional. Did you have you already quoted that? Yeah, I did that a second ago. You were here. Half, and I was <laughs> was I was I I was having a brief <clears throat> stroke that time. But no, it's do you know uh, why is he yeah. being so self-deprecating? Because right? he's the least self-deprecating man. He loves picking himself up, right? Even during this, when he's like, "Well, people are idiots; they just didn't get it." Right? Yeah, which he says a couple more times. But yeah, this is one of the more self-deprecating intros he's done to a musical. Yeah, it's weird, and I agree. I agree with him completely. Yeah. I don't think really anyone's. I don't think they're necessarily complex. Right. Um, they're they're interesting. Right. They're definitely interesting characters. Yeah. But they've kind of got they've got that trait. Right. And it's it is it's that kind of thing. You see them in LA at the end, and you're like, right. "How did you get to be an alcoholic? Or how did right. you get to be a mogul? Or how did you get to be mental?" <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's it's that one little trait that we then trot through and and discover. But I I think that's fine. I mean, do you, <laughs> do you do you think this is a good musical, Jimmy? I think it's all right. I it's it's yeah in my maybe top seven Sundays. Yeah. Let's go for that. Um, not including the lyrics only ones. Yeah. Um, I think my faults with it. Maybe it is. Maybe it is that. Maybe it's there's two. I often 
I remember the first time I listened to it before uh-huh. when it was just the original um, recording. So obviously the the now non-existent version. Right. I thought there was lots going on, and it was reasonably hard to follow. Yeah. Even kind of looking at synopses and things like that. Yeah. And but I don't know. I think there's some amazing. I mean. Some of his most well-known songs are in this. Yeah, surprisingly. You know? Yeah, and I think that's due in no small part to his 32-bar structure. 32-bar, like I know, which is so ironic, isn't they're, it? They're catchy songs with a hook. Do you think Do you think that annoyed him? I mean, <laughs> Do you think that people I, keep pulling it our time and it's just like, oh, this is great. So like, oh, what I, I feel, what I feel in a lot of his summary is a lot of hand-waving, like, um, yes, I know these are simple songs, but I'm Sondheim. Uh-huh. I did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, completely. And I, I agree with him because his whole thing about form... Mm-hmm. dictating the thing what is it form content, dictates what content dictates form that's it the, not, yeah. not what i just said um <laughs> but his that whole idea yeah i think is completely important and yeah it makes sense you know i mean it, it, it does make sense. Makes sense but yeah i, I can imagine you'd be annoyed because yeah like in my opinion because yeah when i first heard our time mm-hmm. my friend was like fixated on it and it's just like this song is so good and i'm like uh-huh. all right okay yeah who wrote it steven zonnet i was like steven zonnet wrote that <laughs> wow okay it, it just i was a bit like well it's really easy and i suddenly just didn't like it because i was like well it's not sunday it's just fine see so and and here's my secret jimmy mm-hmm. the revised version of this the 1994 version at least yes. going forward yes. i think is perfect you think it's perfect i find little if any flaws in the revised finished version of this musical is it your favorite sondheim i i don't pick favorites i try not to pick Ah, favorites okay is it in your top three on certain days this is my favorite musical that's fascinating by a significant margin that's really interesting okay i would like you to tell me in 500 words. Why? <laughs> I don't know. 500 words is okay, a lot. Uh, start, in a start little amount. People at home can do the word tally. I, yeah, I think, I think first of all, what, what makes this for me is that, and Sondheim talks a lot about this and why the musical initially flopped. Mm-hmm. A lot of his previous stuff felt avant-garde and out of left field. And they were, you know, you look back in the blue version of finishing the hat and what do we have? We just came out of, uh, Sweeney Todd and Overtures and Night Music and Company yeah. like these were all crazy shows at the time and totally shook up the formula and that's fine we should do that in art all the time mm-hmm. this show although sometimes self-deprecatingly calls it simple I think it is more complex than he gives himself credit for and a a simple to me a simple story well told is much more entertaining and engaging than a complex story that gets lost in its complexity um and i think it's easy for the early sondheim shows earlier sondheim shows to fall victim to that kind of heady airy artiness without remembering that you know every average everyday joes are watching the shows hmm but I think this one, I don't want to paint the picture that this is the Simple Man show, um, mm-hmm. espe- especially not the early version, but even the later versions. There is complexity, there is artistry in it, and it comes from the form, which is 
interesting and he uses the quote in it that content dictates form and i think this is the closest musical he gets to reversing that dictum mm. a lot of the form of this show is what has made i think the content over time simplistic like the early version of the show suffered so many problems because it was too complex like mm-hmm. hal had to cut all the costumes and give everyone stupid shirts with the name of their character on it or their relationship which i hate right exactly how ridiculous and patronizing is that and i did so i i only looked through some of bootleg admission time we need like an alarm every time we mention bootlegs I'll, I'll, i'll put it in it'll be a funny sound um there's a there's an awful like not even awful in content just awful in um uh format boot of the 81 production um, is there? Wow. There is, and it is confusing as all get out. Like, holy crap, Jesus Christ! Uh-huh. There's too many people. There's no through line. There's a whole bunch of extra scenes that are unnecessary, and all of that stuff is what got chopped off for the sake of simplicity in the '94 yeah. and on production. And we're changing the content. For the sake of the form, mm-hmm. which is very, very anti-Sondheim. I don't think that's bad. I think it's different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the plot and the characters kind of reek of this two-dimensionality and mm. simplicity. Uh, because we're watching a plot backwards, if we're going to pick up those subtle things, w- you know, we can't have some extra bits. That makes a lot of sense. And I think I think that's it. Is it's, You've hit the nail on the head and it's about picking up the subtleties yeah because that's what i think is really beautiful about merrily mm-hmm. is that it's there's so many little clues yeah but hidden completely within the musical itself do you know what i mean that you can pick up and you know when you have that realization like oh that was a reprise oh that's quite mm-hmm. cool or like right. oh i've heard that before we ever heard that before oh it was right. in this show right i think that's what's so great it's wonderful not a day goes by not a single day but you're somewhere a part of my life and it looks like you'll stay as the days go by i keep thinking when does it end where's the day i'll have started forgetting But I just go on thinking and sweating and cursing and crying and turning and reaching and waking and dying and no, not a day goes by, not a blessed day. So if if you haven't listened to Merrily We Roll Along, Sondheim and Firth, yeah? Yep. Well... Yeah, and then with additions of some other people later, with some yeah. very gentle help from Mr. Lapine. Yeah, thank you, James. <laughs> yeah, I think we really owe it to James Lapine. I think we absolutely do. Good, like yeah. as usual, we owe James Lapine our lives. It's true. It's true. Um, not only is the musical presented backwards as a story, it's presented backwards as a musical, and mm-hmm. Sondheim calls them pre-prizes, uh, pre-prizes. They would, uh, well, I say reprise, so yeah. yeah. And I say reprise, reprise and get corrected in the comments all the time. 
but pre <laughs> but pre prize sounds better than preprise. Preprise? No, I like yeah. preprise. It's like Febreze. Febreze. It's like paprika flavored Febreze. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> sounds disgusting. They do. I know the reprise first Mm -hmm. and then before you've heard the song it's based on yeah and so you hear the twisted different version of the song before you hear the original song yeah which i think is what you know if one thing makes this musical what it is that is absolutely it Mm -hmm. and it's what i think this this does so well is it just stings you more like yeah with not a day goes by you're like yeah. oh god what a heart-wrenching ballad this is devastating and then they sing it at their wedding and you're yeah. just like no what yeah. are you doing to yourselves well it's and, devastating and so and, smart yeah it's it's all very beautiful or even um it's uh frank only has one melody that he ever writes Mm-hmm. the the song that they the what their one hit which is good thing going it started out like a song we started quiet and slow with no surprise and then one morning i woke to realize we had a good thing going yep. is the exact same melody as the song we hear later, Who Wants to Live in New York? Who wants to live in New York? Who wants the worry, the noise, the dirt, the heat? Who wants the garbage cans clanging in the street? Suddenly I do. Yep. Which is just an upbeat ballad. And when you put if you put that connection together in the middle of the show and then you hear the producer being like, it's not, it's not a, tune a tune you can hum. And then the yep. song he has a hit with is that tune. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It's just wonderful because we've mishmashed the form so much. It's it's really it's it's deeply intelligent stuff, and I yeah. think I think that's something about Merrily is mm. it's deeply intelligent. Yeah, um, and a hundred percent one of the main reasons why I think it bombed because it was still in its in its eighty one version. It was still deeply intelligent. All everything that we just mentioned there was still there, but it was just in amongst all this other intelligent stuff. Yeah, that you just—it was too much. Do you know what I mean? So you're an audience member going to see it. You're kind of overwhelmed with facts and musicality and everything, and you just like, well, what was that? I, I don't get it. Because I feel that's—I mean, for me, that's the beauty of Sondheim is that you watch it. It bathes over you. You feel amazing. You have this initial response, then you buy the cast recording, and then you actually understand what you just watched. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But if you, didn't, I, exactly. you didn't get that before. But that was the problem with the original, is that there was too much to wash over you. Too you're much, be- yeah. You're being pulled in so many directions at once. I also think the... So the whole... If you've only listened to the 94 recording, um, which is, if if you're like me and you're not sure what years we're talking about, that's the blue recording. That's the Raul Esparza. It's got a... Is that, that his? No, 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 he's 94? later. 94? Was Raul Who's the... Oh, was he maybe 2001? The blue one with the backwards clock on it. Raul Esparza. <laughs> Instead of looking up what Merrily was in, I'm just looking up Raul Esparza. Um, you know, he did, he did Merrily in 2002. So he was the 2002 recording. So I don't know who did it for. The 94 one has a bunch of people in it that I don't 
at recognize or know that's um, that picture but, in finishing there where i'm like is that because that's got the guy is who it did, um, but it's not it's not victor garber on this recording is it because they did it in 1990 it yeah oh, there's so many versions of this musical with so many different casts the 94 off-broadway revival cast is the recording i know most most by heart and it's got I can't even find a good cast list of it. Wait, so the blue one is 94? Is Off-Broadway 94. Is that? Oh. Okay. And then there was a 1990 production at Arena Stage with yep. uh, Victor Garber and yep. a couple other people who I don't recognize. So this is it. This is how deep Merrily Rolong is. It's so cumbersome that you never know who's in it. Right, and there's um, so many... Wait, hang ju- on. I'm on Wikipedia. Um... A it's not going to tell you. Off-Broadway revival directed by Susan Shulman opened in 94. Okay. Cast included Malcolm Getz, Ron Butler, mm-hmm. and Michelle mm-hmm. Pock. Do you remember them? They're great, aren't they? Uh, I've heard of, Who's <laughs> Malcolm Getz? Yes, that is the blue one. <laughs> that's, that's the one. That's, that's the one to listen to. Do you, so, have you listened to the encores? I've listened to the encores. It's fine. I've listened to... Um, I've seen uh, our our good friend good friend Lynn do it. Um, LMM. In, he's 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 great. But I think the '94 recording is the one. Yeah. Start I think, there. I think Charlie's better in '94. Sorry, Lynn, yeah. but I'm sure you acted <laughs> it really well. Yeah. Um, it, the the I lo- encores. I, what I really love about encores is Celia. Mm-hmm. I think Celia yes. Boulder is incredible. She's and beautiful as um as Mary. <sighs> She's so yeah. good in that recording. She is so yeah. under what's that? Underappreciated? Is that the right mm-hmm. word? Mm-hmm. The the oh, other no. the other Keenan Bloger Bulger 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 Bulger. The Dream Family. I love them. So yeah. Much. Um, them them and the Fosters. It's right. No stopping <laughs> them. Who's who's going to be next? Well, right? actually, the um, did you know the girl who played uh, Little Allison? Uh, apparently yeah. has her brother was in um Christmas story as well. <laughs> so they'll Musical be the families. Next ones, won't they? Probably. Anyway, sorry, that was another digression. My favorite while we're on the topic of the different recordings of these, yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. thing is about the original recording is uh-huh. that they decided the only way it was ever going to sell is if they put a, put a big picture of Stephen Sondheim on it. Like, people aren't going to buy this if they don't know Stephen Sondheim did it. It's so funny. It's just like, it looks like the Stephen Sondheim out, like, album where it's just like him, her whilst celebrity. But yeah, I know, bless them. It's one I actually, I, the, the original recording is beautiful. It's really nice. It's. I th- one of the best orchestrated. It's very nice. It's very well done. Here's, I think there's two, here are what I think are the two big problems of the original production. Yeah. The first Sondheim delves into in Finishing the Hat, and I think he's absolutely right, and it's what the critics said mm-hmm. too. Th- we're progressing backwards in time over several decades. In the original production, they cast actors who are the age of the young characters. Yeah. Who then are dutied up to be old and then progressively reach their natural age throughout the thing. And sometimes yep. said the problem was, while it's a nice way to conclude things, these young actors don't have the life experience that you need to portray most of the musical. And so in sub- yep. subsequent productions, they cast kind of middle of the road or people who could play both ways. I yep. think that's 
part of the problem. But I think what he really looks over, and this is why we owe our life to James Lapine, one of the big changes between the 81 production and subsequent productions are the whole Hills of Tomorrow and High School Reunion subplot. strange thing to tie it to the most domestic and banal of settings it's just if you if you haven't heard the original production starts at frank's high school reunion and he's giving a or no he's giving a commencement speech at a graduation Mm -hmm. and he's like you kids you know you need you got to remember to be practical with your lives and and like meanwhile all the kids behind him are like uh this is (laughs) the worst it's about being the best yeah (laughs) what i really love is how bad they are at delivering lines no it isn't it's about being the best life isn't about doing the best it's about doing the best you can. No, it isn't. It's doing the best. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, it's so bad. <laughs> when, you, when you do that, when you start and end with that, it makes the production a decidedly sad story. Mm-hmm. Right? Where it's like, oh, no. However, whatever order we do the, the story proper in, you know he ends up this miserable old man or yep. middle-aged man. When you cut yep. that out, you get the melancholy of which way are we supposed to observe this story. It just makes it so much better. And I also, I think with um, uh, Rich and Happy, mm-hmm. obviously the kind of main subtext of that is that, what's this film called? Like Beyond Death? or Yeah, something, about something benign and, and stupid. He, they're basically talking about how it's a flop. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they're being lovely to his face, but oh my god, the movie's so bad. Right. Um, whereas that Frank, the updated version of that... Mm-hmm doesn't focus on that it just focuses on frank so right. i think that it, it it's not looking like you're not depressed right from the get-go right because it's like here you are at the end of your life well not at the end of your life then right. the end of this point the end of the um, story yeah and you know i mean you've just made this awful movie that everyone hates but they're mm-hmm. being to you. and then your best friend goes on a drunken rampage your ex-wife throws acid into someone's yeah. you know what i mean like it's like too there's it's too sad exactly <laughs> yeah like, so at least giving him that good movie is right you know, a little bit better but and then that's that's the success of the thing she throws i think it's iodine into frank frank has uh several ex-wives throughout this two one i mean he has so we we see gussie who's his second wife who finds out Mm -hmm. that he's cheating on her with another person um Mm -hmm. and then throws iodine in that in that girl's face and then we hit a transition and you're like why did that happen how did how did we get here? You don't know. Yeah. You don't know what it was that gets you there. And then we go backwards a scene and you're like, oh, but wait. And then I forget what it is that brings you out of that second scene into the thir- third scene. But that's how this whole thing ties together. And yep. it's just beautiful. Plenty of roads to try. 
loves to try. 1970. Some roads you really fly. 1969. How does it start to go? Does it slip away slow? So you never even notice it's happening. 1968. It's funny. I think it's the transitions mm-hmm. are almost where I have not an issue. I don't really take much issue with it. Mm-hmm. It's just not. I I love a. I don't know. I don't know why I like sometimes. I like. I like the. Because I was going to say I like the high concepts sometimes, mm-hmm. but you could hardly call into the words high concepts. I don't right. know. Um, for whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I still really I still really love it. So I'm not mm-hmm. judging or crit- criticizing. Yeah. But I think it's the the transitions get kind of get me a bit. Yeah. Because I don't know. I just feel it's it's very like someone's coming into his life, someone's leaving his life, someone's mm-hmm. coming into his life. Someone. Do you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And that's how it's, I don't know whether I would want something else happening or mm-hmm. I don't know. Does it? I don't, does know. it I, don't, I don't know how I would fix it. Does it pull you out of the story? Do you think it's no? Because I I don't I really don't mind being pulled out of a story because mm-hmm. I like like I mean you've you've heard about me in cabaret I don't like people aren't people right, right, <laughs> characters, right, right, right. characters are just for me to judge. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't mind that. I don't know. I think it's just it it becomes routine. So you can yeah you kind of predict it. I guess it does. It does feel like. It's the every time a transition comes on, you're like, it's the back in time music, and yeah. especially by the later ones, they they feel long and they're not adding much other than yeah, you know, scene change music. Go wash the blood off of your hands, Lady Mackers. Yeah, maybe it's just the whole like merrily we roll along imagery that I'm just not that into because I don't really get that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it feels very just like they're on a train riding through the country. Do you know what I mean? I, just, I feel that's a bit odd, but that's fine. You know, that's what the original play was called. I, I've always wondered, I've wondered why because it, it, I think it's one of the few Sondheim shows where the mm-hmm. title I mean, not that it's not referenced in music because it's probably referenced more in music here than even like Into the Woods. Um, uh-huh. But doesn't have a very concrete plot-based title, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Into the woods, we're going into the woods. Company, yeah. here comes company. Phone rings, door t- chimes, here yeah. comes company. You know, all of them. Follies, we're talking about the follies. Pacific overchairs, mm-hmm. they all kind of really directly relate. Merrily mm-hmm. We Roll Along seems the most obtuse title of what it's, it's called that it's called that just because that's what the original play was called. Yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> right? You need more uh-huh. justification than that in 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 my book of writing musical theater. Well, I think I don't know, maybe he's just like we're going to need to call it that. I don't know whether Kaufman and Hart Kaufman yeah. and Hart um <laughs> decided to their uh-huh. people were like you can't change the title, sorry. So it was like, okay, I need to make it. What does yeah. Merrily Roll Along suggest? Riding on a train through the countryside? Yeah. Let's just do that. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's even, you know, it's all, all of his lyrics about it are full of metaphorical imagery. Like, it's not like the music starts going like, and we're on a train uh-huh. or something. Like, we're, yeah. we're, we're in the land of metaphor. So I'm wondering, you know, what, what, why, why? You could change it. They could change the title of this. How many how many times have they renamed Roadshow slash Bounce slash whatever the heck it was called before that? Like over the thirty two years they've been doing this, they could have easily picked a new name. Yeah, let's just blame Kaufman and Hart <laughs> for everything. Well, because it's so this it's maybe it'll be my enigma forever. 
the whole mm. all the merrily we roll along transition themes are all the wrong way around um you know the the rolling along is suggested to be forward and there's a lot of never look back um you know, don't don't look behind you, and of course, it's exactly what we're doing: is looking back and looking behind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an odd, it is an odd one. I think that's it. It's this. I I don't. I I, I if I looked through the cast recording, I would never uh-huh. go. Mm, I'm going to listen to first transition. Right. Oh, I exactly. love that one. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Which I think for song time, uh-huh. because we've talked about this before in Sweeney, where we're like, what song could you cut? Right. And you can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. put the underscoring yeah. and flash these, up some slides. Yeah, and exactly. You've got it. Or cut it down to one or two lines and don't put it on the recording. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a sort of an area where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe I've just not read it enough yet. Maybe I need yeah. to, you know, keep going and peeling back those layers. I mean, originally, I, I didn't make it too far in hat, but. Um, Originally, a lot of the transitions were filled with much more "quote unquote" topical yeah. references about the years, um, yeah. which would have made more sense. And I understand why those got cut because we are simplifying as we talk. Yeah, exactly. But again, I, I kind of look at that and I'm like, oh, I wish they kept mm-hmm. that in because that'd be cool. Um, but then I know ninety percent of other people wouldn't like that. But that's mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, that's fair. Right. Well, it it get it would get dated really fast. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, dated. That's. Um, yeah i don't know but it's just do you know i mean it's odd that he because even then so because they cut a lot they cut a lot of numbers and they slashed and hacked right why keep the why keep the ones why keep it merrily we roll along i mean we we haven't talked about this too much but the the title of the show you know if you're pre-internet age pre-broadway.com all you've got is the marquees you see as you walk through times square what show are you gonna see like merrily we roll yeah. along evokes n- almost nothing about what it's this so, show is well, yeah i think merrily we roll along sounds really just like namby pamby because it's the nursery rhyme that's kind of right. what it evokes yeah. is this like but then maybe that's it because you know sometimes main thing about it is he mm-hmm. wants it to be about young people the spirit of youth yeah do you know what i mean yeah. so maybe that's that's why and obviously originally um when you had rich and happy and um mm more of like gussy stuff it was very stereotypical hollywood and uh, what people's you know youthful ignorance was of of what hollywood was like right um so maybe that's it maybe you wanted to tie that in and be like merrily we roll along's a nursery rhyme so it keeps this idea of like youth and yeah that i i wonder let's go for that let's go for that well well yeah. i'll send him an email we'll tweet him <laughs> At Stevie. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Listen to that. Will you listen to that? Tell me, is that a noise or is that a noise? That is the noise I've been waiting the whole of my life to hear. Listen to that. Listen to that. Listen to that. Honey, is that a noise or is that a noise? That is the loveliest noise for a breadwinning wife to hear. Listen to that. That's Losing its mind, it's the poem on his balcony. 
It's a hit. It's a palpable hit. If it only even runs a minute, at least it's a wedge. It's the theater and we're really in it, not just on the edge. If your spirits ever need improving, you can drop it any night for free. But the thing that's positively moving, you could have fooled me, is we're still old friends. Nothing One of the, I think, wonderful ironies about this show is how much Sondheim wanted to create that, you know, kids version of Hollywood. This is what, like, we glamorize Hollywood mm. and producing to feel like. And he says in the introduction um, that th- working on the show for the first time was the closest he ever got that to that kind of Mickey and Judy, we're putting on a show and like... yeah crazy crazy you know the choreographer quit and the leading man quit and the sets don't work and we have to Uh redo the costumes and all that stuff and he says that i thought i was going to love and absolutely hated Um, yeah exactly but he says does he not say that in the hal prince would agree that it's the best experience he's ever had on broadway yeah do you know what i mean he does say that there you go what an enigma that man is right i know it is quite i think that's what's quite spooky about merrily is it, it did obviously spell the end of Hal in his, his relationship, um, which I think is quite sad, but also kind of cool because it's it's real. Because it's the show about that. I mean, that's what I think. That's what I feel in the new revised versions of this show. The people mm. working on it for the first time n- knew this. Yeah, you know, there there is something about this story that comes from a deep very heartfelt very human place mm. yeah 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 yeah. it really seems to shine through and i think that's it the themes of it resonate heavily with me like yeah. i am terrified of this life yep do you know what i mean i'm terrified of this happening and yep. it's so interesting i think i mean you're a creative guy as well and uh-huh. when you find those creative relationships mm-hmm. you know that way it's like okay we've got a good thing going right right yep you you don't want to let that go because you're like, ah, this this works and we can do things yeah. that are good. Yeah. And you panic and yeah. you can completely understand Charlie because of that reason. That's why I love Charlie. I I love Charlie. I don't ever want to be Charlie because that mm-hmm. would be so devastating. But yeah. I love him. It's just wonderful. That whole the whole feeling of our time, like I <sighs> I remember graduating high school and being like, man. I can do what I can take I over want. the world. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. And I now know as a cynical 20 something, I've lost some of that, you know, hope, some of that desire to make art. Like it's so much work. There's so much other stuff involved. You can't just know. think about the joy of it all. Yeah, exactly. And this is it. I, I often feel like Frank gets a lot of shtick in this show. Yeah. Um, not shtick, stick. Um, because. <laughs> He, I you can empathize. I think you can empathize with Frank. Yeah. Like, like it's, you, you, you understand how he got isn't there. necessarily his fault. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because obviously Mary is just madly in love with him and doesn't ever decide to get over that. Right. Um, she decides to turn to alcohol. Um, right. I'm not saying you know. Well, your own fault, Mary, because you know right. alcoholism is a very serious and terrible thing. But at the same time. Well, she, it's counseling. also her her two dimensional character trait. Like, 
Right. That's where but I think I think very typical. I, I I know people that are in those stupid relationships where they're like, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. fawn over this person for the rest of my life and I'm more than happy with that. Um and then you've got Charlie who mm-hmm. obviously kinda goes off the rails, but there's a bit of kind of creative jealousy. Right. Right. Well and Charlie Charlie has the talent and not the success. I mean he at the beginning yeah. of the show he's a Pulitzer Prize re- winning playwright. Yeah. And doesn't have this gorgeous mansion and wonderful party that yeah. Frank has. He is the typical New York artist as opposed to the yep. LA artist. Yeah. They're, it's just very real. Yeah. It's very real. And that's, but at the same time, you know, that's their beef. That's, mm-hmm. they need to kind of get over themselves and let right. Frank. Frank has made his decisions. Yes. You know, there's the poor Frankie, mm-hmm. the child, and uh-huh. Beth's very sad. And, you know, um, what's her name? Ivy. What's the last girlfriend's name? K- Kitty? Uh, oh, I don't know. It's Beth Gussie and whoever the last one is. The other, they ask. She's got iodine all over her face. And yeah. Everything. So you know, they all. It's a shame, yeah. but at the yeah. same time, it's it's not wholly Frank's fault, right? But you know what I mean? That's the beauty of this. Is it's yeah. like the all the everyone. No one. No one gets a happy ending in the traditional story of this play. But the play's yep. not told in that order. The story happens the other way. And so you're left at this like middle ground. You, you ask the audience leaving, was this a happy story? And that's a, a complicated question to answer. Very complicated. I would, I would probably say no, but I don't think it is happy or sad. I think it's just a warning. Do you know what I mean? In the same way that like Sweeney's kind of a warning. Yeah. It's, it, the, when I finish it, I'm always just like, I never want to go to LA. I never yeah. want to go. To, I never want to go down that path. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because people will start throwing iodine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's, That's you walk the streets of LA and people have iodine in their pockets, just ready. Exactly. And I don't know. I feel right. You're a YouTuber. I'm <laughs> you're a wanting YouTuber. to be a YouTuber. Call yourself right? a YouTuber. You're a YouTuber. That's you. Well, you know, you're you're in the ten thousands with your subscribers. Is that right? Am no, I just made that up. Not at all. But okay. uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> You, you will be because um, the musical theater youtube community is so big um, but like i feel that's always a, a kind of thing that you have to decide as well is yeah. that when do you make that when do you make that journey to la yep. to sell your soul right well it, it's do you know what it, i mean it's the balance the unending balance of art versus business and nothing like franklin shepherd inc i think is one of so- stephen sondheim's most deeply cutting songs um it is beautiful and wonderful in its construction but in its content especially coming from 13 shows in stephen sondheim yep like holy cow i love franklin shepherd inc franklin Mm -hmm. shepherd inc is one of my all-time favorite stephen sondheim no musical theater numbers ever how do we work together sure He goes, and I go, and soon we're humming along, and that's called writing a song, then he goes, and I go, and the phone goes, and he goes, mutter, 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 yes, Jerome, mutter, no, Jerome, mutter, 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 that's his lawyer, Jerome, mutter, 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 do it, Jerome, click, sorry, Charlie. So I go, and he goes, and I go. 
I think it's perfect. Yeah. Right. He, he, he talks about it in finishing there, but mm. Sondi writes a good breakdown song, yep. right? Yep. And he talks it, he says that it has meat for actors. Yeah. Rose's turn, epiphany, yeah. getting married. Yep. Just amazing, right? It's beautiful. My God, does yeah. this song have... So- because I feel for, like, epiphany... Mm-hmm. It's not one that everyone can really relate to. Right. No one's that angry. Right. Um, Rose's turn, no one's that delusional. Right. Getting married, maybe, but maybe. it's really hard to sing. Yeah. So you've got Franklin Shepherding right. kind of sits at the top of the pile. It's just wonderful. I think unlike all the other ones where they're either, like, so um, Epiphany is scary. Rose's turn is, is you know, heart-wrenching or scary. Um, yeah. Getting married is funny. Franklin Shepard sits right in the yeah, middle. Yeah, it's stingy. There's it's... jokes and there's like awful, awful deep cuts. It's so stingy. And uh, who's the, who's the original? Who's the original original Charlie? Um, he does it know. awfully. I hate him. I don't hate oh, him. Oh, Lonnie, I think he's the best one. Really? It's so slow yeah. though. Oh, I'm not. I don't care about. That's not his fault. Like in terms of a vocal character yeah. performance, That's I true. think it's stunning some of the yeah. choices he makes that's true it's so it's when he oh my god it's the line at the end mm-hmm. when he's like could we wait a minute here because i'm getting in too deep the thing is see is we're not that kind of close anymore the way we used to be and the friendship's like a garden you have to water it and tend it and care about it and you know what I want it back. And I want it back. And he says it so yeah. simply. Yeah. And sad, because, and there's not, it's it's pure regret. Because where I think Lynn in Encores uh-huh. does it quite, it's, it's quite bitter. It's like a bitter sting on it. Yeah. Um, Lonnie Price, I just think it's so real. It's just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just love it's, it. It's, but that's but just, it's, that's yeah. what I would perform it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it is the the roses turn for guys like yeah. through and through. It is complex. Hey, it has a gen- it has an art. gender blind casting. I will play Mama Rose one day. It is known. <laughs> okay, it's written. You gotta you gotta write Thank to um, uh, Kurt Hummel first and ask permission. Um, hey, I don't care. I'm better. I can do it better. <laughs> I can. I I slay that song to use some campy words. I slay. <laughs> it's true. Roses it turn. is. If you, if you I also are, slay not getting married today as well. The, you know. mm-hmm. If you ever need an outlet, singing a Sondheim Patter song in the shower is wonderful catharsis. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's great. But anyway, we're not doing Gypsy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I love, just before we move from Franklin Shepard, even just some uh-huh. of the, like, it starts clever. The Sondheim starts you out going, like, better listen close. The whole reversal of order the car, call up the bank, wire the coast, and then wire the car, order the coast, send up the bank. Yeah. Like, we're doing this repetition of, of choruses, but it's different and it's funny and you better listen fast because there it goes, boom, exactly. never gonna hit it again. Well, that's that's it. That is beautiful Sondheim and art because you'll never hear that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the same as like, you know, Hamilton, you sit and you will devour it. Right. And because there's so much there, it's so layered. Yeah. 
That's just great. It's just wonderful. I finished the one act. I got an audition. I started the story. A rehearsal piano. So where are we eating? I'm moving to Playboy. The publisher called me. I'm doing a rewrite. My parents are coming. I saw my fair lady. I rewrote the rewrite. I sort of enjoyed it. I threw out the story. I'm meeting an agent. We'll all get together on Sunday. We're opening doors. Singing. Here we are. We're filling up days on a dime. That faraway shores. Looking not too far. We're following every star. My favorite song, it really might be my favorite song in musical theater, is Opening Doors. Da-da-da-da. Yeah. It's wonderful. It does the thing that Sondheim loves doing so much of like 15 different scenes all at once. If you thought the, the opening gambit of Into the Woods was complicated... You have to listen to Opening Doors. Yeah. Because it has, what, like, 16 different locations, um, mostly three characters, but everyone sings all at once, a bunch of different choruses that are all tiny little differences between them all, and wonderful... This is the only time where you hear... um, where pre-prizes are reprises done backwards... In this yeah. song, you hear f- what would be foreshadowing thematic musical motifs, yeah. but you hear them after they've existed. Yeah, God knows what you would call them. Yeah. Um, which is just beautiful. There's one point where the whole, the the blob um, synthesizer and the Franklin Shepard synthesizer, that comes in in the middle of this and it's just it's just real tiny it's just a tiny little glimmer that eventually grows into this song that we've already heard and so we have this foresight it's just uh i love it so much jimmy i know and what i what i love is the images of his original writing like that page with Mm -hmm. um opening doors on it and like no one can decipher that like there are people deciphering that you know tutankhamun's tomb right exactly it's like one of the the dead sea scrolls or something a lost book oh, of the Bible. It's so funny. It's yeah. so good. And that's it. It's it's hugely layered. The lyrics are I think this is the best lyric in the in the show. Yeah. In this song, in opening doors. Just because mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Yeah. Um and it's do you know what? It's actually the only kind of like genuinely genuinely happy song without anything kind of laced that's really upsetting. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Apart it's from true. maybe when Beth comes in. Um Yeah. But it's it's do you know what it's like? It's like a group text message. It's like group yes! text message <laughs> the song. A hundred percent WhatsApp the musical. Yeah. Right. It's you know, I finished the one act, I got an audition. I started the story, rehearsal piano. So where are we eating? I'm moving to Playboy. The publisher called me, I'm doing a rewrite. Like it's everyone's yeah. having their own conversation and we're keeping up with all of them, but they're all in their own world. Yep, exactly. This is the it's yeah the conference call for the ages. Yeah. It's it, and it's brilliant. What a great conceit. Yeah. Oh, so good. I just love I saw my fair lady. I yeah, sort of I sort of enjoyed it. it. Like, like, like they're guilty about it. Oh, exactly, it's wonderful. Which is fair. No, it's yeah, fair. and like just subtle plot points. Like Mary, I threw out the story, and then the musician, I'm moving to popular science. She says angrily, "Is a three line throwaway that is such great character development." And exactly. they're like beyond just the the joy of the structure. I understand the content too. Like, yeah. as much as I. have feel the this like this is where in my life i am age-wise right post educational training like 
we can do whatever yeah. we want. Things haven't gone to shit yet. Hopefully we can hold yeah, on to it. I, I mean, this is literally, this is literally, I am, you know, knocking on doors. Hopefully right. I'm not going to get to the stage where they're slamming the doors, which yeah. 100% they will. But hopefully then right. they will, um, will bash down the doors again. Or yeah. what's the last one? Banging. You're banging, banging down doors. Yeah. Um, hopefully. But yeah. it's so it, it's so true, and that's what's I find it quite scary because I'm like it's I feel like I'm found like River Song's diary, mm-hmm. I'm just like peeking, like what am I going to be doing next? Oh <laughs> shit, I'm having a breakdown. Okay, exactly, that's fine. Yeah. I'm getting together on Sunday, and then it'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> just great minor jokes like um, I'll fix that line. Uh, who wants to live in New York? They're, They're always popping their cork. Cup. I'll Quartz, fix that line, yeah. and he never does. He never fixes that line. Yep. Like throughout the whole show, it's just like it shows what a hack songwriter Frank is and how he's like a one one horse pony. Um, it's just where where our time is the wonderful coda of mm-hmm. this show. Opening doors is, I think, the number that makes the show what it is. Our yeah. time is like that nice little glide off into the sunset, but opening uh-huh. doors is is the denouement of this yeah. backward story we're listening to. Everything yep. starts and ends right in here. We we meet the producer for the last time because it's backwards, um, mm-hmm. which is just so much fun in itself. Have you seen the uh, what is it? Six Sondheim, Many Mash, Docu Singery. You didn't say any words just there. Nope, you just said that, six on time, many mash documentary or whatever you just said. Yep, I have it, no idea what the words It that you all just said. made sense. Six by Sondheim, HBO right. television documentary, which has a bunch right. of songs in it. Um, it. Potentially, I don't know. They do just this number with... Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Darren Chris, America Ferreira, and... <laughs> Jeremy Jordan. I remember this happening. I remember this happening. And they do this whole number. But do you know the best part? They go into the producer. And you know who's playing the producer? Stephen Sondheim. Bum, bum, it's Plot wonderful. Twist. And so they're yep. singing to him like they're trying to pitch him this song, which is his. And there yep. he is going like, no, 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 that's a stupid song. It's got to go like <laughs> this. And melody. then he sings the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's just on time and he can barely sing it because his voice is written out here. I know. Um, oh, it's beautiful. I, it's absolutely in the show notes. You should pause the podcast if you're listening to it right now and go watch and this because it's right amazing. Just for some Jeremy Jordan deliciousness. Oh, it's do you great. Know it's... Re- do you know what? It's so interesting, right? Yeah. Because, and this is, I wrote about this ages ago when I was uh-huh. writing about Merrily. Um, yeah. About the LA dream, right? Yeah. And you know how so many Broadway actors just want to fly to LA, okay? Yeah. yeah. And what happens to them? They fail, they... right? <laughs> <laughs> they did it. They do it so much. They fail so much that they did a number in the Tonys about it. Okay, yeah. right. Uh huh. Learn, just learn. Okay, and we talked uh-huh. about Jeremy Jordan. Jeremy Jordan's now a Supergirl. Okay, mm. which okay is doing pretty well. Mm. That's fine. Yeah, but for how long, Jeremy Jordan? But LA pays so much better. It's than... not about the money. <laughs> <laughs> I like money a lot. I mean, yeah. it's better than not. The, right. This is but, this this is the balance though. My one of the things. My, have you not seen Fame? Have you seen <laughs> Fame the musical? Right, Irene Cara, Irene Cara. Uh, we know what happens in LA. Mm-hmm. 
Mrs. Gorman, my high school theater teacher, said yeah. on several occasions, theater is first and foremost a money-making endeavor. If you don't mm-hmm. have the money, you can't do the art. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but this is the balance. This is a lifelong, lifelong struggle, right? No, I, I disagree with Mrs. Gorman. <laughs> and really? I see this as a theater maker. Yeah. If it, I can still make art, mm-hmm. I make art on a daily basis. Um, it just depends who's going to see it. I didn't say art. Right? I said theater. Okay, I make theater on a daily basis. It just depends mm-hmm. on who's going to see it. You know, yeah, like I, if if I show something off in the fringe, and uh-huh. a few people see it, and I'm I'm happy with that. I don't necessarily need Broadway fame. It would be nice. Yeah, but I, I'm not. That's not necessarily what I'm gunning for. As the to to advocate for the devil. Um, mm-hmm. Not saying my high school theater teacher was the devil. She was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah exactly. the. Theater as a whole needs to make money, I would wager. Uh-huh. Not yeah. your production, per se, but if there aren't these money-making endeavors like big Broadway productions or off-Broadway productions or regional productions or even community theater uh-huh. productions, which are making just enough money to stay afloat, then we don't have... They are what make room for the art form. Like, if mm. all theater is is this free, nebulous existing expression of art then we Mm -hmm. become we revert back to the unwashed bohemians that no one wants to show up to right but i i mean there's a there's a huge difference between broadway money and la money that's true do you know what i mean yeah i think la money does bad things to you i think it does yeah i think there's so much evidence of that and you know you have to admit a lot of people do see it as like the next step like i'm gonna get to la and then Mm -hmm. i'm on this national platform right whereas i'm i would be happy Mm -hmm. broadway or bust for me yeah i mean yeah um you're listening new york jimmy's coming by the way i am so (laughs) get ready um i would never i barely even want to visit la yeah like yeah i just think it's scary and sad yeah sorry if you live in la but i'm sure your weather's nice i bet you right now it is nicer in la than it is where either of us are i'm sure it's beautiful and smoggy and great i give me the cold of new york here's the thing do you not think you could fulfill your artistic passion in la not not like living the quote-unquote la dream or going that road or trying to make it into pictures which we would nebulously call everywhere from movies to netflix nowadays but like yeah as an artist you have the something to say mm-hmm. i think you can say that anywhere well yeah but it, it, do you know? Do you know what I mean about what I'm saying about LA yeah. money? Yeah, I mean, because you can't do LA without the money. Right, you can't well, just like go to LA and start up. Like, LA, it it feels like a big a big uh, entertainment making machine, and there is yeah. something, it, it, you know, it. I could see how it could feel like selling out. I think that I don't know. There's something undervaluing about that. Oh yeah, I'm not like saying. The movie industry is awful. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? All, these are hugely successful industries, completely. Right. But for me, it's not the be-all and end-all mm-hmm. of art. Correct. I, I see where you're coming from. I think, yes. And, but also, it's one of those things. It's, I'm completely biased. I'm a theatre maker. There's not really mm-hmm. much theatre in LA. Right. So why would I ever go there? 
But you know what they say in NYC, the song from Annie, their fan mail comes addressed, whatever the line is, <laughs> something about LA. You had it! What is it? I don't no, know. I'm going to giggle it. I'm going to giggle it so I sound I, intelligent. I hate I Annie. To... I don't, I'd make it a vow never to memorize anything from Annie. NY- NYC. Right, so I've already talked about Franklin Shepard Inc. Uh-huh. NYC is in my top five. Really? NYC makes me, NYC, NYC makes me like weep. Like, it's... <sighs> Actually, it, see the soaring like, ooh, there. Oh my god, it makes me weep. But that's because you live in America, Tommy. You don't know what it's like. No, right? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote it to you. Right? What is it? Um, uh-huh. Go as the Gershwins or Kaufman and Hard, the place they love the best. Though California pays good for their art, their fan mail comes addressed to NYC. Tomorrow up and out. Uh, so good. <laughs> That's way up high. See, tonight, I would wager. Why? I w- why not? It's. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I would wager we are seeing. Like, there are a bunch of old fashioned plays that start out mm-hmm. with the maid walking in and answering the phone. And immediately, we're in anachronistic land. And then the maid answers the phone and goes, oh, yes. Oh, the owner of the house. No, he's not here. Oh, yes. He's out with her. Didn't you hear? Here's the exposition. Exposition, exposition. Right. And it's this really easy plot device that now is dated and you can't write into your play anymore. I wonder with how international our media and theatrical production is becoming. If slash when the NYC LA split will become less and less relevant. It, I would wager it's less relevant even right now, 2016, than it was in 1981 when this musical came out. I need to think about that one. Yeah. For a long time. <laughs> Something is stirring, shifting ground. It's just begun. Edges are blurring all around, and yesterday is done. Feel the flow, hear what's happening, we're what's happening. Don't you know, we're the movers and we're the shapers. We're the names in tomorrow's papers, up to us man to show up. It's our time, breathe it in, worlds to change and worlds to win. Our turn coming through, me and you, man, me and you. So back to Merrily after that little yeah. LA segue. We'll ride back think? on our segue. <laughs> Yeah, we've talked we've talked about um the irony of um mm-hmm. what's it called? What's the last song called? Not once again. What's it called? Oh, our time. Friends. Our time. There we go. Yeah. Um it's I've always found that really funny every time our time is played. Cuz it's mm-hmm. always played as this like full of hope and happiness yeah. and this is the inspirational song of the piece, right? Right. But um, you you know where they come from. And exactly I'm just like please that is ridiculous what you're singing. 
Do you know what I mean? That is not come from a nice place. But that's... So, I mean... It doesn't make it sad for me, though. It doesn't make it... Every time, so it's not like every time I listen to our time, I think about the future and how devastatingly awful it's going to be. It's not like that, right? Right, but like even in the context of the show, like I am very happy for them that at one point they had this idealism, good thing going, and that it's not just because it didn't end up in the best of places. Like I think that mm-hmm. to me, that is more the moral of the show. I, I. I I understand pigeonholing it as, like, a morality play. Certainly it started out as that with the whole, like, uh, commencement speech beginning and ending at that point. Like, you better do this, otherwise you end up like me. Um, With cutting that and with some of the recentering, I think it's found a better place of, like, our lives happen all at once. They're not linear. And the success you had earlier in life is not undervalued by current failures, not undermined by current failures. Mm -hmm. Like just cause it doesn't just cause that's how you got here. Doesn't mean that wasn't worth it. You know, like for all of the mistakes that Frank made throughout the thing, there's some wonderful moments he had with both of his wives, with um, his good friends working on the art they're doing, with their mm-hmm. hopefulness in high school. And when you look at it back, like, when you look at that forwards, it seems unsurmountably sad. Like, what a waste. Mm-hmm. When you look at it backwards, I think that recasts it in a way that makes it hopeful. I don't know. That's one of the things... That that really sparks me about this thing. I would, I, hmm, I, yeah, I don't think I would say it's hopeful. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't get to the end of the show and think, "Gosh, I'm full of hope right now." But I think maybe that I don't know. I always, I always see myself as a Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, because I, I look at their relationship, and maybe because mm-hmm. it's like I was saying earlier that, um. the relationships ring so true because i have those creative relationships yeah where it's so good yeah and you you're in love with that person and yeah it's you're completely besotted with what you have Uh uh-huh and that is like a constant fear of i I don't want to lose this and i think that's what i'm always reminded of have you ever have you ever had a creative relationship fall apart uh yeah Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. But, I mean, the, I ask because, like, I know, I know, I have had some traumatic creative relationships no, fall I, apart, yeah. like really big, massively bad. Like, the, I don't, I don't remember who said it, but th- I distinctly remember reading someone saying, "If you find someone you collaborate well with, hold on to that the rest of your life." And mm-hmm. I had that, and I screwed it up. For stupid reasons mm. legitimately has mm. happened to me like a very frank and charlie kind of falling out um yeah. and it sucks it feels sad it hurts when i think about it nowadays mm-hmm. and it's doesn't undermine the work we did when it worked together i mean just yeah. just because sondheim and hal broke up their artistic relationship doesn't make this any less of a piece mm. when you look at it in the opposite direction that's what i mean listening to our time that's what makes this so much more than just a linear story presented the wrong way around 
it recasts the failures and successes in an entirely different light for me at least yeah deep shit right totally it's the <laughs> deepest we've gotten i know that it it just i think it just rings it rings so true mm. very very thought-provoking it's I, definitely i would say out of all of his musicals yeah is the one i relate to the most yeah the for sure in my life. this in artist land this one hits me more even than Sunday in the Park. Oh, completely. Yeah, because I, I still don't, I've still not tapped into Sunday in the Park because I'm just not nah. that talented. Well, so there's me, a lot of, there's a lot of art literature that's just kind of about, about the crazy artist, you know, how, mm-hmm. how impossible it is to understand this artist. And I think that's what's very humanizing about this one. They're not crazy. None of these people are crazy artists. Yeah, they're just not totally normal. And it's like, as well, they're not like, their talent isn't transcendent. Right. It's just, it, they're just good. Yeah. Right? And they they Which work for it. They try hard, you know. I, it's yep. th- it's not like I think it's the most honest songwriting scene I've seen in any piece of literature. It's not like suddenly suddenly someone's like, "Ding! Oh, I have an idea. Here's the song." Like, yeah, exactly. It's like I just saw a bird out the window. I'm right. so inspired. And da, sit down da, at the da, da, right. Da, da, exactly. Da, da. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so many things fall into that category, but in this one, it's like, uh, I can't. Gah. Writing, this is the worst. Where are we getting lunch? Yeah. Like, there's something yeah, exactly. wonderfully real about that artistic process. Which is nice. And uh, yeah, in fact, you know what? To be honest with you, out of, well, uh, yeah, I, I think it's probably his most relatable musical. Okay, it's probably his realist yeah. musical. I mean, he calls it, I, fr- I don't know where he says it, but he says it's one of the most autobiographical things he's ever written yeah so he says that about opening doors for sure that that's that's his song like that is him he did that which i think is totally fine yeah well it's i mean sondheim writes he writes a lot of sad songs and it's nice that his auto like he writes a lot of sad songs Um, he writes a lot of i know and it's nice that his one that he openly claims is the most autobiographical is kind of a really uplifting happy forward-thinking song you know in the end yeah 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 but then also he also says finishing the hat is usually yeah. autobiographical and that's not necessarily not necessarily but it j- that still falls into the crazy artist like the genius artist type which certainly sondheim God is sondheim. and yeah. i can't relate to that i don't find no i know i can't i, can't, I don't find I can't that way in. hat level hat no. level hat level <laughs> We need that. We're we're at merrily level. Hat level is when when we yeah. level up again and evolve from yeah. our. It's like in Sonic when you get all the chaos emeralds and yeah. you turn into supersonic. I was hat level. Gonna say it's like Pokemon and you are you know. Oh, you evolve level fifty six and you go turn into well, a. No, because stars. that implies that implies that I can get there. I am never gonna find that blue chaos emerald. Don't you don't Do you know sell I mean? yourself short. What is it? Ten thousand hours with ten thousand hours, you can become an expert on anything. Right, but it's not an expert. It's a, I think what George Surratt has yeah. or George yeah. um, has is, and what Sondheim has, yeah. is, and it's innate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, but, he's always had it. But at, at what cost? Like, this is what I wonder about our always artistic literature and stuff like mm. that. How many poor, starving artists also have really, really messed up personal lives? You know, Guido yeah. Contini, we've talked about him and all sorts of pieces right. of literature. Whereas, while the people in this certainly don't have the best social life, I would say on the whole, as far as 
um, artists portrayed in literature, they're doing pretty all right. Well, yeah, I mean, this is it. So Charlie, yes, he's lost his best friend. Yeah. But he's still got his wife and kids and a Pulitzer Prize. So you're yep. doing a lot worse, Charlie, yep. I guess. And Frank um, has the opposite. Although he's lost his friends, he's got his money. Like, uh-huh. Mary, Mary gets the short end of the friends. stick. I think Mary... Yeah, well, Mary's always going to be there. <laughs> it's true. I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, there's... The, the, the problems deliver. they have are very... You know, how many non-artists have gotten divorced and cheated on their wives like right they're not exclusively artist problems they're not because of their art which is nice yeah exactly it's yeah, nice to true, see actually. that it's because of their talent with production <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i'll never be a producer no, i know have you seen how was it you're not serious you mean There's a theater game we play, and by we I mean I play uh, yeah. with my students. Where it's a it's a focus game. You ever played like I don't know? The, I bet you theater games don't translate well across continents anyway because they're so word of mouth. You ever played Zoom Zoom mm. Za? Is that like Zip Zap Boing? It's like Zip Zap Boing. <laughs> yeah, all those kind of like pass the energy ones. Yeah, stand in the circle. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it Hua? Is it like Hua? It's like Hua. These are all the same game okay. with different variations. We play a variation um, where you turn to What's the, the person, you make eye contact, and you clap at the same time. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have that. We've just which is the fun. clapping game. Yeah. Uh, we call it Pass the Clap, um, which is much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. It's a lot of fun when I play it with uh, high Go schoolers. because Pass the Clap. They're like, tee hee 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 and then we yeah. do, uh, we'll do that, and then we'll do the I'm not a pheasant plucker nor a pheasant plucker's son tongue twister. Oh. And they're like, oh, you're so, you're, you're so inappropriate. <laughs> uh, I love drama games. You got a favorite uh, drama game? Uh, we, I haven't had a chance to play it. So there's one we played in high school that you need. It's hard to introduce a whole group of kids to a complex theater game. It's much mm. easier when it has like a tradition. And so you can teach a couple kids, and then a couple kids are already in on it. Um, mm. And I haven't had this opportunity in my current school situation to like set this up as a traditional game, but I love it. It's called mm-hmm. Stupid Ninja Game. Um, okay. It's a lot like, you ever played Big Booty? Yeah. Oh, uh, I love Big Booty. Right. It's like Big Booty, but in, Big Booty is numbers, right? It's like five, uh, five or something. No, I do. Wait, I do... Big booty to Tommy, Tommy to uh, yeah, right. Da, da, it's, you're passing da, it to this, da, da. and you don't want to lose it. Instead of doing names yeah. or numbers, you have a stupid ninja move, um, and so you'll do like some of the ones we had would be like Sonic Boom, or um, ah, it's been so long. It was like I'll bust you up, and you you think up like stupid, ridiculous, and there were one, and then they devolved. So we had one that was like Jigglypuff, um. And Brilliant. they can be absolutely anything, and they're ridiculous and silly, and so you do yours and then do the next person's. Uh-huh. And that has been, by far, my favorite theater game. I love it. Mine is Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom? I've never heard of yeah. Temple of Doom. So, I did it in a rehearsal for the wonderful musical, I Love You Because. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's kind of like an improv 
one. Okay. Um, so basically, you have to get the golden monkey at the end of the Temple of Doom. Uh-huh. Um, but the Temple of Doom is lined with booby traps. Okay. So you and your intrepid band of explorers mm-hmm. are queuing up to cross the Temple of Doom. Uh-huh. And the first person goes in and, oh, they got hit by a booby trap. And so that person has to improvise a okay. dramatic way of dying. Naturally. Um, then second intrepid explorer comes in, witnesses the death, so knows exactly how to get around uh-huh. that. So they dramatically improvise a way of getting around uh-huh. that. And then, oh, unfortunately, die. Da, da, da. Um, gotcha. Etc, etc, etc. Until uh-huh. the last person gets a golden monkey and then uh-huh. has to die of something because the golden monkey's actually uh-huh. cursed. Um, that that's the awesome. Temple of Doom. It's my it- favourite. I love it. It's, so cre- it's creative. <laughs> it's like I'm going on a picnic meets um poison 10 foot pole two other great theater games poison 10 foot pole not played that one everyone has a a a giant poison 10 foot pole and you go around the circle and you can take one step it's like and if you hit someone with your poison 10 foot pole they have to die in slow motion so it's exactly like temple of doom but without the order and then i'm going Ah. on a picnic has the order yeah yeah we should do if 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 you're listening and you have a favorite theater game tweet it at us or put it in the reddit oh my god yeah completely because the thing is it's like you say sometimes they just don't translate they don't translate and they're so on the best game they're so word of mouth they're like did you hear about this game or like yeah we play it like this but instead we have this rule and you're like oh that's awesome it's like often if because especially if you play the same game in a rehearsal room a lot right um it, they they just change and they warp to fit yep. you guys but that that exact way of yep. playing it could fit yep. many and people if um, if you are a director or a theater type if you're ever doing a theater game before you go in make sure you know what skill you're working on very important it's really important pet peeve for an actor is why the hell am i playing this game why are, we doing why this are game? you making me bark like a dog yep well the reason is and if you want to hear the lazy teacher move if you haven't like if you're like "Ah, i think there's some theater things we could be teaching with this game but haven't quite thought it out what you do is halfway Mm. through the game turn to everyone and go so why are we playing this game as if you know the answer and then whatever they say you're like yes that's exactly it and then you've made a a teachable moment right uh (laughs) i've tried that before and i got i don't know and then everyone else rallied together to know it was rubbish. And I was like, <laughs> well, um, actually, we're looking at creativity okay, and spontaneity, guys. These are really important things with improv. Um, so, well. Oh, but kids are, kids are cruel. But no, kids. that's such a good point. Yeah, please tweet us. Let us yeah. know. Theater games. I want to play. I yeah, want to play a game. Maybe we'll talk about some of the next ones on our podcast. It'll be fun. Yeah, well, or we could play them. Or we could play them. A two-person via Skype Dude. theater game. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be the worst of game of 1776 I have ever played. What's 1776? Oh, oh you've so never played 1776? Well, why would we? We did not have a declaration of It's so, so good. You, the, I'm sure there are variations. Everyone stands in a circle. There's someone in the middle. You point uh-huh. at a person and you say something like, there's a bunch of different ones. 1776. Yeah. The person in the middle holds the American flag. One person on the side plays the drums. The other person on the other side plays the flute. There's a traditional patriotic painting like that that I'm sure if you uh-huh. grew up in America you would have seen before. The problem is you can't have two flute players and you can't have two drum players. Right? And you point at them and you go five, four, three, two, one. And if they haven't figured it out by one, one of them has to sit down. There's a whole bunch of these setups. There's Jello. 
you point at someone, the person in the middle puts their arms up and goes, watch me wiggle! And then the people on either side put their arms around them like they're making the jello cup. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, we've, I've played a similar one called Elephant. Yeah, Elephant's one of them. Person in the middle makes the trunk, people on the other side make the oh, ears. okay, so it's that. The same game. Hamburger, person right. in the middle yeah, sticks their it. tongue out, Everyone, the other sides put their hand under or above their head to make yep. buns. I've not, I've not seen any of these ones, but these I'm adding them into the repertoire. Oh, they're amazing. I think my, ele- my elephant has got like, like 20 things, which is stupid. Oh, there's so many. And you can just make them up. Uh, exactly. Fighter pilot, the person in the middle yeah. makes goggles yeah. on their head. Yeah. And then they, we call that aeroplane. Call aeroplane. aeroplane. Uh, fighter have pilot. You got, have you got Ebbity Bibbity Bop? Yeah. And you have to okay, say bop good. before they finish. Do you have bop as well? Yeah. No, it's Jeff say bippity bippity. <laughs> no, that's how you trick them. So it's you say bippity bippity bop, and they have to say bop before you finish it. Uh huh. If you point at them and just say bop, they can't say anything. And if they say oh, something, they're out. You know, yeah, you have the word vomit, of course. Exactly. Yeah. So you do a bunch of bippity bippity bops in an order, and then point at someone, and say bop, and they go bop, and then they're out. Ah, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's great. And if oh, you're if you're great. Po- this is, got if you're playing memory. at home, one of the joys of this is as people in the circle get out. They sit down, but all the moves go over the people who are sitting. Yes. So that that is one of the keys to the difficulty of this game. People can't uh-huh. move out of the circle. That's this is so good. Yeah. Actually, that do you know what? Like what I call elephant, what you call seventy seventy six is actually a really good one for adults. If there's anyone who does, it's a great game. Yeah. Adult theater workshop. Adults get into it because it is oh, yeah. so stupid, but it's, it's so stupid, easy and it's, it's competitive. So yeah. It's yep. a good one too. We've had a couple like uh, student parent days where Brilliant. everyone's in. It's great because especially if the kids know the rules first and the parents yeah. have to catch up. Oh, it's so much fun. Do you know who? Do you know who didn't play theater games? Who? Um, Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> who we're talking about today? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. The you know who also probably didn't play theater games? Who? The inventor of the Segway. Actually, did you know he invented? No, I'm joking. I was going to. Go um, um, any, anything else? We're pretty good. Anything else on Merrily that we've missed? Um, and that's it. I'm, I think I'm at the top of my notes. Woo! Did you, did you do your notes bottom to top? I, oh my god, I did. That's <laughs> the irony. <laughs> no, the coincidence, not irony. Well, I've no because because like Merrily, it's like Merrily, it's like Merrily. I did it. It's like top. Merrily. How funny is that? <laughs> uh huh. You you keep telling you as long as you can find a justification for it, it's art. It's meta. <laughs> as my as my scene shop teacher would say, slap a coat of paint on it and call it art. So true. So T T T T, Mister T. J yes J J J J J. It doesn't work as well with your name. Um. <laughs> what, what what on earth are we going to do next week how can we top this don't worry i got i i got the question you ready for the question hit me this trivia question will tell you what musical we're talking about next week known for its flashy costumes and extravagant hats one sparkly dress from the original production of this musical now resides in the smithsonian national archives what musical wow dun, dun, dun. It's a huge one. I know. Important dress. Very important dress. It's going to be the name of my uh, my autobiography. I... <laughs> <laughs> and the subtitle is going to be Too Many Sausages. Of course it is. Important dress, 
too many sausages. And you're going to see it on the bookshelf in Barnes & Noble, or whatever the Scottish Barnes & Noble is. Waterstones. And be like, what could that be about? Watersons? Waterstones. Yeah. Waterstones. Yours has such a better name than our almost defunct bookstore. Thanks. We still have, you have foils, don't you? Mm, like aluminum foil? <laughs> no F. F O Y L E S. No. No. We don't have that at all. I thought I went to one in New York. Mm, maybe in New York. Obviously not. Not in a, not in the the tiny tiny town I live in, Chicago. You don't have a foils. No, we don't have foils. <laughs> you have a B and N. Hooray! Hooray! Okay. <laughs> See you next week, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Best outro that ever. Was Kelly, that was Kelly O'Hara again. Kelly O'Hara <laughs> just flew back in to sing me. Think of that. Bye, Kelly. Oh, bye, Kelly. That's good. I sang quite a lot in that one today. Yeah, you were very singing. Well, I've told you. I don't think I've have I spoken on the podcast about my New York. I don't, I don't know. Think I, I think have, I've, have I? I I'm think I've do... cut it out every time. Yeah, that's fine. Keep doing it because I'll probably do a YouTube video <laughs> on it one day. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.